Coming to you from Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida. And streaming around the world. Around the world. You're now tuned in to the Sales Samurai Podcast. The only B2B sales podcast providing unfiltered, unapologetic views and tactics directly from the sales trenches. Here's your host, Sam Capra. Well, welcome to another episode of the Sales Samurai. Thanks for listening. Hey, before we begin, do us a favor, take a moment to subscribe and download. On today's show, we're going to be discussing something near and dear to my heart, really best practices for sales coaching. As a sales leader, I find sales coaching is a challenge with everything else going on. And I have an amazing guest for you guys today, Nicholas Deswetchen, who is the head of sales for No CRMIO out of France, is with us today. And he's going to be tackling this along with me to kind of discuss what are those best practices. And we're going to boil it down to the top three, five, somewhere in that neck of the woods that we can provide you guys that you could take from the show today and immediately start to implement. Hey, Nicholas, welcome to the show, man. Yeah. Hi, Sam. Hi, everyone. Happy to be here and uh, looking forward to, to this quick session with you. Yeah, man. I think you, um, you win the award. You're my first guest from France. I've had other people on that side of the pond, but I think France, you've got that you're the initial uh, France, French guest, I should say. Okay. Fr- first French uh, adventurer <laughs> in your podcast. I'm happy to be there then. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, well, do give us a, you know, if you don't mind, Nicholas, just kind of give a quick context, a little bit about you, your background for the audience, mm-hmm, uh, just sure. to get a better flavor for you, Nicholas. Cool. Yeah. But very quickly, I've been uh, basically working in sales for the last 15 years now. I did graduated as a telecommunication engineer, but I started straight away in sales, B2B sales, complex sales, and mostly international sales. So I've been working uh, with different continents all over my career. And now I've, I've joined NoCRM for many reasons. But first of all, because uh, it's a remote company. I'm now based in Biarritz in the southwest of France. I suggest that you visit there if you don't know the place. It's, it's lovely. And yeah, I joined because um, there was a challenge of becoming um, head of sales, which was new for me, uh, managing people all over the world. And that was a good challenge. So that's what I've been doing since the last two years now. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's it. That's awesome. So you said you came out of school, technical engineer. Did I hear that correctly, Nicholas? That was your background initially? Yeah. Wow. So what got you started in sales? Like you quickly went into this, like what got you started in sales? What was the curiosity? What was the motivator behind getting into sales? Yeah, it was basically the, um, you know, all the consultative aspects that you can have when you're talking to a customer or prospect. I like that. So I started as a what we call a technical sales manager. So it's it's a kind of mix between uh, engineering stuff and sales. So I learned a lot about sales during that first role, and I liked it. I mean, I liked everything uh, about the, getting the the customer in front of me, explaining, and understanding their issue, and coming with the right solutions. I got the opportunity to join another company and be uh, the, the the full sales and business developer there. Yeah, and I liked it. I really liked it. So uh, I kind of always have mixed uh, technical stuff and sales, but then I switched to full uh, business development position. I would say in my second role, and I liked it. So that's it. No, that's I actually see, and don't want to get on a on a don't go down a rabbit hole, but I actually see that salespeople are becoming. More tech. I remember my days at Salesforce. You know, we used to have a Solcon solutions consultant. 
And then the salesperson would run more of the sales thing. But the solutions consultant was really the brain as far as the technical. I'm starting to see some of that, like the salespeople are having to get much more technical than they used to be. Do you agree with that, Nicholas? Or do you think I'm off base a bit there? Yeah, I, was, I kind of agree because at least when I started, which was not so long ago, but it was, there was clearly a split between the sales guy and the technical sales manager or technical engineer. That, that was my role. And there was a split. And now more and more, the, the sales guys are what we call maybe full stack sales, <laughs> able to manage everything from day one until the, the closing of the lead. Yeah. I think it's also because the technology has evolved a bit. It's now more and more online uh, with SaaS technologies and stuff like that. So it's less complicated. So it makes sense. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head with that last part, Nicholas. I, I think the complexity of the tool, a lot more powerful in today's day, but like it doesn't require a bunch of configurations and all these things that you used to have to connect the dots behind the scenes that a sales guy just probably wouldn't be able to do. But I think you hit the nail on the head. So talk to me. You've been now in sales. Just give me a ballpark. 5, 10, 15, 20. How long have you been in, in a sales role, sales leadership, sales contributor? How long have you been in the sales space? Uh, I would say... About 12 years, and now it's been only two years, like three years I'm managing people. I was managing two people locally before, and now we've got a team of nine people at NoCRM worldwide. So uh, we've got two people in uh, Argentina, Colombia, then it's US, and then all over Europe. Yeah. And so that's my role today is to manage uh, and coach this team at NoCRM. That's awesome. And I actually, I think that is, and I know we, we talked about this offline, that is another layer to sales leadership that probably has its own podcast, managing people in multiple countries, in multiple areas of the world. That's a whole different beast from a sales leadership. So at some point, I want to pick your brain on that. Tell me in that 12 years, I always ask this question because I'm really big on what people's thoughts are here. In the 12 years, what have you seen for better and worse? So give me both sides of the coin. From a sales perspective, what's the biggest change you've seen in sales in that 12 years, both for the best and for the worst, in your opinion? Mm, yeah, it's a difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> for the best, I would say it's maybe um, really recent, but thanks this time, thanks to COVID, we realized that there was no big needs for uh, traveling around the world and meet customers each time you want to talk to them. That's what I was doing at the beginning. Like each time I had to do a demonstration, I would fly all over the world and go for a meeting. We don't have this need anymore. And this is great, of course, for many reasons. So that's for the best. And then for the worst, I don't know. Uh, I think it's evolving in the right direction. So I would, ne- I would not say there is bad evolutions in the sales. So no, no negative thoughts <laughs> about that. I love it. Man, I love it. So we're getting started with all positivity today. I love it. I do agree with you. I do think COVID highlighted or spotlighted that you can't be more strategic around those face-to-face meetings. I do believe at some point, I still find a lot of value in face-to-face meetings. I do think there's something to be said for meeting someone face-to-face. But to your point, not every call, not every demo, not every step of the process needs to be faced where for some companies that's the way it is or it was mm. and i think zoom has been able to kind of fill that gap and to your point been a lot of effectiveness in, in leveraging zoom versus traveling all over the globe so that's a great call out it's actually the first time i've gotten that one so man i, I appreciate that feedback hey so let's hop into it yep. this is one that, like i was telling you I, I lead a sales team here in orlando florida so sales coaching 
is a big thing, right? So I want to talk through this, and we were going to kind of break this down into the top three, top five, somewhere in that neck of the woods. Just your best tips, techniques that you've seen that you've leveraged from a sales coaching standpoint that we can basically arm our audience with, Nicholas, um, as they go out and start leading their teams. So give us a little bit of a better understanding. Like Like when we say sales coaching, do you see that different from sales training or sales coaching, sales training, all one and the same? How do you kind of define sales coaching in your world? Yeah, no, I would say um, sales coaching is more general. It's really the role of, of, of the head of sales. And I would say it includes training in the process. So training would be a part of the coaching aspect, if we can say. Mm-hmm. And then it's, uh, and, and for me, it's, it all comes down to um, having a kind of, of framework, uh, building your framework, how you are going to manage your team. So I think maybe it's, it could be interesting for me to explain how we do it at NoCRM at some point, uh, very concretely. But yeah, yeah, I think the training is part of the coaching. It's a very important part. Sometimes we lack time uh, to train, to organize training stuff. Yeah. So uh, maybe a, a solution for that, and that's what I do with my team, is to push them to self-improve each time they can. So listening to podcasts, to finding resources online. You've got many resources online to train yourself every day. And getting the spirit to them that they need to improve. It's part of their job and they need to train a bit. And put that in their mind. It's a part of, uh, of what I, I do also every week. Yep. So tell us, you know, I think you, you brought up a good point for some context. Give us a, a glimpse, like what is the framework you follow right now? You mentioned from nocrm.io and how you guys are framing it up. Kind of give the audience a little bit of a breakdown from that. And then we can kind of dig in where it makes some sense. Yeah, sure. Sure, basically. So I, I'm going to tell you how we organize stuff. So with two objectives, the first one, and that could be uh, maybe uh, the first tip we could give, or I could give, is I did a, a presentation at the beginning uh, when I joined about what would be my way of coaching, okay? In the sense, explaining what I, I intend to do. And the first thing I explain is to them is I would be coaching uh, always with positive intent. So meaning that. I'm always going to give them feedback, uh, trying to give them in a positive way, and they have to take it as a positive thing to be able to improve. Okay, so that's the philosophy around how we are going to work together, me with my team. Okay, and I think setting this up at the beginning is quite important. So I would say tip one would be this: setting up the context and making sure all the feedbacks, all the coaching you're doing is taken and made with positivity. I actually like that because what you're doing is you're setting proper expectations. Hey, here's what you can expect, but here's what I'm asking for in return. Like, take it the right way so we can all improve. Yeah. So I think that's what I took from that, Nicholas. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, exactly. That's that's what I mean. That's what I try to mean. And uh, thanks. No, for, you're good. Uh, <laughs> cool, cool. No, but that was very important for me because sometimes it's difficult when you receive feedback and you take it the wrong way, then it's becoming negative, whereas feedback is always positive. Uh, it's always an opportunity to improve. And so I wanted to make that very clear with the team. And so we organized and value stuff to be able, first of all, to build up the team spirit, share good practice, and have efficient coaching. So we are full remote, so we did that. We do that online. And I'm going to give you the details on how we are organized. Maybe it could be of interest to you. So we basically uh, start the week every Monday with what we call a kind of coffee meeting. It's informal meeting where we all speak together and uh, details our weekend and stuff. Is that as a team, Nicholas, or is that one-on-one? No, that's uh, with a team. Okay. It's like a 
coffee meeting all together. We explain uh, what we did during the weekend. So for some of us, it's uh, early in the morning. For some of us, it's uh, late in the afternoon because we are all over the world and it's online. But it's it's very important to keep these regular uh, meetings to build up the, the team spirit and, and make people talk together. And just at the end of this meeting, we set up our weekly goals. So every one of us is telling the weekly goals he has for the week. What does that consist of, Nick? Just out of curiosity, like that weekly goal, is it all revenue? Is it activity? Like, What are some of the goals that you guys set up on that meeting on a weekly basis? Yeah, it could be just, uh, I want to close uh, five deals this week. Okay, or I'm going to close five deals this week. Or I'm going to help us help out marketing department because we, we are a small company, so we're doing a lot of things and not only sales. So it could be a, a mix of a lot of different things. Gotcha. But yeah, the idea is to pick up one of them then as a general framework, when working remotely, what we, uh, we put in place as a company uh, is uh, we start every day by sharing our three goals a day. Okay. So it's basically you start your computer in the morning, you take a, a step back and you think about what three important things you want to accomplish this particular day. And you share that on the internal network with everyone. So that's also a very important part of our process. So every day, everyone knows what all the team members are going to be focusing on. And that's also an important part for us as manager to be able to manage everyone even remotely. So proper expectation setting, you know, at the very top, hey, here's what I expect of you. Here's what I'm asking of you in return. Number two, hey, we're at the end of those calls, we're doing a weekly, hey, what is our goals? Like, what do we want to achieve this week? But then the third is on a daily basis, hey, here's my top two, top three things I want to do today that they share internally to hold, be held accountable in some way, shape, form, or fashion and help them get to those end results. Did I get that correct? That's it. That's it. Then the, another very important part for me is weekly one-on-one -on -one coaching. Okay, so we've got a session every week with all members of my team on one-on-one. -on -one, and that's a session around uh, getting to know what's their feeling, how they're feeling, and then going a bit deeper into the pipeline, into their, the deals where they are struggling, so I can help them remove the obstacles, these kind of things. So it's basically, a, I would say, a classic 30-minute sales review to get to move things further in their pipeline. Yeah. So then that one-on-one -on -one is really intended for that specific individual. Hey, let's get into the weeds on what your pipeline looks like. Where can I help? How can I help move the needle for you? And we can work together on a strategy. It's more of a strategic conversation with the sales rep on how, on how you can help or where they're running into some hurdles, right? Exactly. So I ask them to prepare a quick note before the meeting. So we, can, we focus really uh, 30 minutes. And if it's prepared a bit in advance, like which lead they want to talk about and what is exactly the, the obstacle and the, or the struggle, then it's much more efficient. And also it gives me the opportunity to let them think about their own solution instead of always giving them the solution. You know, it's very important in coaching to do that. You help them one or two times, you give them the solution. And then the other time, then you let them think by themselves about how they could move this lead forward, how they could reply to this email. That's also how you make your team improve uh, every week. I love that. And I adopted that some time ago, the preparation. I think I've always been somewhat prepared, but not to the point where we have agendas and, hey, you put in your stuff, I put in my stuff a mm. few hours before. That way we can chew on it, maybe even the night before, to your point. 
so we can chew on it and come to that meeting prepared to have actually a, a good conversation around what you're facing versus what I'm seeing. And let's come to a common ground on how we, on next steps, like where do we go from here? So I think that's actually a really good call out, Nicholas. And I don't talk to everyone in the world from a sales leadership standpoint, but I don't hear that at least mentioned enough, the preparation heading into those one-on-ones. So I'm glad you called that out. Cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's working well. And we, I did not set up this uh, at the beginning and then we, we implemented that because it's time-saving for us, really. So, uh, so it was really important and it's working well. Yeah. Hey, so one of the things that I wanted to ask you is because, and you, you mentioned, hey, you guys are, are really kind of an up-and-coming organization doing some fantastic things and kind of disrupting the CRM space, but you guys are growing. And so I'm assuming your sales team is probably managing a number of opportunities at any given time. How do you select, hey, let's talk about these two, three. I just think to myself, sometimes I have reps that have 15, 20 opportunities. There's not enough time on a one-on-one to talk through all the opportunities. How do you figure out as a sales leader, hey, let's talk about these three. Let's talk about these three. Let's talk about these two. How do you divvy up what deals make sense to talk about? Mm, yeah, it's a good question. So uh, depending on the region for us, there's some region where we don't have that much leads, so it's more easy. Okay. But then if we do, it would be basically based on the, the size of the potential deal. So very simple. So that's one um, one thing that we check and I'm going to check. And so we obviously use NoCRM for managing our lead. And in NoCRM, you can star, you know, some of the leads. So I ask them to star the ones that are important. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, I ask them to mention me again in NoCRM on the leads that they want us to discuss during the one-on-one. So they are picking up the ones that they are facing with a kind of struggle or where they need my help. And they are picking me in the lead directly. So that's the way we do to select the one we are going to discuss. Then we're discussing also about the prospects part. So it's split in, in various uh, you know, topics, but the selection of the lead is made before in preparation of the meeting. Yeah, I like that. So you're really putting that back in their hand. Like, hey, what do you want to talk about? Where do you need the help? It's not me dictating, hey, I want to talk about this. I'm sure there are a couple of deals no, that no. you may want to talk about that maybe they didn't select and you want to add that in but you really let them lead that one-on-one and what they're needing from you. Is that fair to say? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if I, if I want to talk about other leads, I would do that offline or off, out of this one-on-one session. I can always jump in NoCRM, go screen their, their pipeline and you know, ask questions or give them advice directly in the lead offline. I do that a lot also. Uh, it's more towards the end of the week to see how they made progress on the lead. And the one-on-one is more at the beginning of the week. And, but yeah, the, the one-on-one is more getting to know um, how I can help, what general aspects we could improve in the process. It's also a good timing for that. And uh, yeah, I let them basically um, lead a bit the, the discussion in terms of what they want to, to tackle in terms of problems. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so that's helpful. So, I mean, there's a few things that we've discussed from a framework standpoint, right? You said, hey, listen... Obviously, we want to set proper expectations so everyone understands where they're coming from. Two, weekly goals. Three, daily goals. And then, obviously, the one-on-one being kind of the fourth linchpin to that. So help me understand this, Nicholas, because this is a challenging piece of it. Mm -hmm. On those daily goals, those weekly goals, talk a little bit about accountability. Like, how do you, where does accountability, I know it's in the constructive feedback, but Talk a little bit about how you manage accountability to those end goals, if you will. 
hmm, we don't really manage it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no, really, because it's it's more um, we try to build up the culture of the company as to people as to be very autonomous and very self responsible for their activities and goals. So of course I'm here, I'm here to coach, I'm here to manage. If I see that uh, like three times, three days in a row, that this person is not completing his goals, then it's going to be a discussion and stuff like that. But there's no real accountability in terms of, I want to provide uh, these numbers. It would be more, okay, if, for example, if the company need a, a translation, if I, I have a team member that needs to sit in in the support because there is someone missing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then we, we want them to do this autonomously and really be self-motivated just because it's part of the culture of the company. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's not real coaching and checking KPIs every day. It's not the way we do this. So talk to me a little bit about Nicholas. So, I mean, obviously you're leading a number of individuals across the globe. Time is, you know, everybody has 24 hours in the day, but sometimes that doesn't seem like enough. Yeah. How do you manage it? Because I know the number one thing I hear from sales leaders is, the reason I can't, number one reason I can't do more coaching, I don't have enough time in the day. I'm managing this, managing that. How do you, because we've, we've set up, hey, what the expectations are for the team. How do you work your schedule to really block out? Like, How do you manage that to be present from a sales coaching standpoint? Because I think I put this framework and organization forward, so it's blocked in my schedule anyway. And that's the top priority for me. So the top priorities would be the team meeting, the one-on-one -on -one sessions. Okay. Then we've got another session that I didn't mention yet, but which I think is very important. It's what we call a sharing session. Okay. And we put the team all together during one hour and we've got a, a presentation. Uh, so it's split in three parts. I'm giving them some small tips from the week. Okay. Then I've got someone from the team presenting something about sales. Yeah. In general, so the topic that I've chosen, like for example, last week it was about copywriting and it's a team member that's preparing that for 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then we've got another team member during the last 20 minutes that is sharing success with a lead or a bad lead that, uh, that's closed. Any basically story about the lead that they want to share with the team. So it's again, another session that we have all together about sharing good practices and sharing knowledge about sales in general. Now that's also blocked in my agenda. And then I've got some sessions blocked also in my calendar to basically review the pipe. And every month also, I'm doing some kind of more in-depth review of what has happened, why we're losing deals, these kind of things. It's more sales analysis, I would say. So everything is blocked in my schedule in advance. And that's my top priority. You're listening to the Sales Samurai Podcast. We'll be right back after this break. Sales Samurai is excited to announce the launch of the largest database of B2B sales resources on the planet. 600 plus resources with more added every single day. Search, sort, and filter leading software providers, podcasts, books, blogs, and so much more. The best part, it's absolutely free to search. Go to salessamurai.io to start your search. That's fantastic. You know, the reason I asked that question is because I find that that's the biggest challenge is for me included. This is not throwing, this is not saying everyone else but me, is that 
blocking out the time and being diligent around that time where no one blocks. You know, I even put in my calendar, do not book over this. This is required. Like that block, like, because people will still book over it. So I, I make it really known. And I love the fact that you do a couple things, or you have your team meeting for the goals for the week, you have your one-on-ones, but then you actually do a team sharing session to to share what are they running up against, whatever the topic might be. So I liked it. And all of that is netted out on your calendar. So it's dedicated time that you've made room for, if you will. And that's a mission critical. Exactly. No, that's the most important thing, at least for me. And then also over time, over these past two years, I've moved away a bit from uh, the business development part and the sales part uh, as well. I'm still doing some sales, but I would say less and less. So I've got more and more time to organize everything in terms of coaching and, uh, and team management. I like that. I have a question for you that I want to really get your thoughts on more than anything. I don't really have an answer to it, but you brought it up earlier in the conversation. Mm. <laughs> you know, I remember back in my days, I'm going to go with the old man thing. I've been doing this and I walked <laughs> 10 miles in the snow. But I remember when I was starting, in order to get your own self-development, you had to put in, a, you had to go to the library, you had to go buy books off the shelf. Like today, self-development, I don't want to say it's easier, but it's a lot more accessible. You can go YouTube videos. There's so many training courses. Like where does personal development fall into your strategy like how big is that to you and how you reinforce that with your team oh it's it's not big enough <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i i do tend to i'm also i've got a big background in sports okay, okay? I, i've been uh, playing volleyball and beach volleyball uh, at a high level in france that keep me thinking that training is very important at least self-training constant training and we should apply this more to sales or any um, skills in the companies because it's not because you want a deal or you want a game in sport that you're not going to train anymore and come to the next game unprepared, okay? That's not happening in sport and that should not happen as well in sales or any skills that you have in companies. So that's why we, we put the, all this session across the week to discuss together. And then self-training, we tend to push that more and more so we push articles, we push resources that we found. So I invite the team members to always look out a bit. So they do it their own way. And then when they find an interesting resources, and we've got a, we're using Notion. I don't know if you know the tool Notion. Yeah, I'm familiar with Notion. Haven't used it, but I'm familiar with them. Okay. So we keep everything basically in there. We've got a sales directory with all our training sessions, plus all the library, I would say, of resources. And anyone has access to it and can basically input their yeah their favorite blogs their favorite articles youtube videos or sometimes it's just uh, randomly uh, scrolling through linkedin and you find valuable resources you know how it is now yeah yeah i'm almost in the same bucket with you when i say i think it's so important but yet i don't think we do enough but i don't also don't know how much we should do it's personal development so i mean I, I kind of walk that line that i do share hey here's a good course hey here's a blog i read we put it in our Slack channel and it's a specific channel for those type of things. Yeah, that's it. But we've recently adopted a budget. You have I'm just picking a number. You have $500 a year. You could pick it on any self-development training that you want. Go out and get it. But you have to use it, right? We don't care where you use it, but go get it. Okay. What's your thoughts? Like I'm torn either which way because I think that's valuable, but I also don't think that I don't know if it's valuable. It's our first year doing that. 
Have you seen that? Do you guys do anything similar to that? What's your thoughts around that? Hey, we're even going to fund it for you. You just go figure out where you want to spend it. Yeah, no, we, uh, we basically recently discussed that with the team. It was more like, okay, well, now we've got a budget. Propose something, you know, if you want to get trained on, on a specific topic, then we're going to pay for that. And actually nobody <laughs> reacted to that. Either because they don't have time or they don't find the, the, the motivation, I don't know. Or maybe also because now you can, uh, you know, every week you've got a bunch of webinars that you can assist for free. So if you want to dig in a specific topic now, you, you basically can find some interesting stuff on your own and don't spend. Sometimes if you, you spend $500, you've got a three days training. Uh, maybe half of it is bullshit. Uh, sorry for the world. Well, <laughs> no, you're fine. But uh, yeah, and, and you better select your own training session or your own courses or own content and do it yourself. On that note, I think you're right, right? There's just so much. There's so much out there. There's so much free stuff that you probably don't need a budget, but it might be nice to have it there. If there is something more in-depth you want to take, I even think, heck, use the 500 to go buy three or four books. That'll keep you... You'll read those for the next quarter, quarter and a half. I, I don't know. But I will say this, Nicholas. I've had people tell me different thoughts. Me coming up, Eight to five is selling. That's the golden hour, if you will, in sales, right? Yeah. But I've kind of backed down from that in my own experience, where I think a lot of the expectation used to be, you need to do that on your own time. Do all that stuff on your own time, outside of those hours, because you need to be selling. And I actually think that you should allow the sales rep to take an hour during the day, an hour during the week, whatever, for that specifically. Because I think that's the right thing to do. Where do you fall on that? I mean, I, I've heard both sides of that coin. I think there's a pros and cons, but I'm just curious your thought on it. I don't know. My, my thought is clearly it's part of the job. So you can do it during your day, day work time and I invite them to do it. So I even put sometimes myself, I mean, uh, sometimes one of my goal of the day is to listen to an interesting podcast. I put that and so it's also invite them to do the same and uh, take 30 minutes to listen to a podcast. It's not going to kill your day. It's going to be very efficient. And also the other thing I invite them to do is to, for each of them, because they are working on different markets, is to uh, reach out on LinkedIn to counterparts or pairs, like country manager for another SaaS software in the same country, and set up a meeting with them just to discuss, you know, with no goal of setting up a uh, any partnership. It's just to get feedback, get to know each other, get to know how they work on the market and learn from them because it's also a very, very um, efficient way to learn. Just discuss with other people doing the same thing in the same market is very valuable. And so I tend to push them to do that a bit, even a bit more than uh, listening or looking out for resources. Yeah, that makes sense. And I like the fact that you actually encourage it in hey, take the time, maybe even block off an hour a week, somewhere on your week. And you can move it around. You know, if a webinar isn't at that exact time, move it around, but have an hour dedicated to that. Because it is... Yeah, that's it. I fall in the same boat. Sales is like, an, I mean, some people would disagree with me, but it is very similar, right? You, you should always be perfecting your craft and things change so fast in sales. And if you're not listening, I'll be the very first one to say, I was never a podcast listener before taking this on. But just in having these kind of conversations, you can't imagine how much stuff I write down from having these conversations because it's just such great feedback and, hey, let, let me try that. That's a good idea. I have never thought about that. And those, 
I think the biggest issue I've I always ran into yeah. is people think that they should just walk away with 87 different things from that and it overwhelms them. And I don't have that expectation. I'm I'm like, hey, can I get one thing from this? One, two things that I can try. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most valuable. No, I agree. Fully agree. Without a doubt. So I'm gonna kind of boil this down for you, but help me understand like all the stuff that you've we've walked through. Like we've said, hey, the weekly. What's the goals for the mm-hmm. week, the daily, the expectation, the one-on-ones, getting strategic on those, blocking out time specifically for self-development and for you to do some training, and then that team sharing event that you do on a weekly basis. Like, yeah. What is the biggest obstacle that you face in your day-to-day in making all that happen, just from a time standpoint, resource standpoint? Is there any kind of big hurdle that you've seen, hey, this is what I keep an eye out for? Mm, yeah, it's the first one would be obviously the the time because depending on the number of leads that you have to manage and it's because it's blocking a, a quite an, an important amount of time every week. But I've seen the team very engaged in all those meetings, so it's it's giving me confidence that it's the right thing to do. So there's no big obstacles apart the the fact that we are all remote and building the the confidence and the real team spirit without seeing each other at all. I mean, uh, most of them, I didn't meet them in person at all. I mean, it's a challenge. It's not the same, even if you if we take like a, a kind of off work uh, time uh, on Zoom to discuss, it's not the same as uh, going out for a coffee or for a beer with the team and get to know them really personally. And so that's the challenge that we have. It's, we, we always have this this small barrier because we are remote and we can't do nothing about it because of COVID and that's it. <laughs> yeah. I know. I think those are, are fair assessments, right? I mean, uh, in this new remote world, there is no water cooler talk anymore. There's no talking at the, you know, in the office about, you know, getting to know someone on a, on a very personal level. Yeah. So I think that's a good call out. Hey, so what's your thoughts on this? Because this is something I've kind of bounced off other sales leaders. Like what portion of your time should be spent coaching? Like when you look at your calendar, like I'm, you got, you're probably doing meetings with the rep, with clients. So that, that's a portion of your time. You probably have internal meetings that you just have to do with leadership. Like, but when you look at your calendar, is there kind of a, a benchmark that you use from a leadership standpoint to say, hey, I'm doing the right thing or I'm, I need to be doing more? Mm, yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm doing what I feel is right, but I, I don't have much. I mean, I've, I've not received any training about coaching and, and stuff like that i'm just doing what i think is right i'm always discussing stuff with the team so getting a lot of feedback from them on how we could improve what would be the right things to do i think it's more a team thing that we know we all build up this uh, framework together i'm responsible for it but i build that with them and so that's why i think it's the right framework for us then in terms of timing i don't know i would say it may be a uh, 30 to 40% of my time is doing that, making sure everything is, uh, is happening in terms of coaching and training and uh, coaching them uh, every week on the CRM as well. So we get to make sure the leads are progressing. Right. That's a good call out because I find that about 40% is where I, I would love to, and, and I got to be better about it, that should be spent there. Because that at least gives me, Nicholas, when I'm not, when I get pulled into other things, that I can do an evaluation of my prior week and say, hey, that went off the rails. I got to get back to X, Y, and Z. So it just helps me kind of keep 
track of it. Just curious what your thoughts were on it. Mine's not data backed in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I don't have uh, the analysis tool to figure that out, but I go by the feel on it that about 40% is probably a good amount of time I should be spending coaching, training, whatever the case might be. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. We, yeah, we aim the same kind of number in terms of the time we spend. I just have a feeling that it's right, but uh, I don't know. I didn't do any benchmark about it, and maybe I should speak a bit more with all the head of sales, but it's very company-specific, I think. Yeah, I think it is as well. And like to your point, I mean, it depends on are those teams local, are they international? Because time differences, I never realized how much that plays a role in it because if someone's five hours behind you, that there's another layer of complexities, right? I mean, that, that's a whole different beast that you're talking about when it comes to coaching. Yeah, sure. No, it's, it's part of the things that you need to take into account. And, uh... So, hey, I know we're bumping up against it, but any final thoughts that you have for the audience? Tips, final thoughts? Maybe, hey, stay away from this. I tried this. It didn't work. Any tips <laughs> that you want to share with the audience that we didn't discuss? One of the tips I'm giving a lot right now to the team is to always um, think positive and take your sales as a game, I advise them to step back a bit before each call or before each meeting. And I find out that it's building a bit the, the confidence for them, you know, basically saying uh, or thinking in your mind and yeah, anyway, what's going to happen if it's go wrong? I mean, it's, it's nothing. We're just talking about business, about sales. You know, it's not going to impact my life. <laughs> so you step back and I, I find out that it's getting you better because you, you feel more confident. And the customer and prospect, they can also perceive that. So it's, it's working well. That's great, man. That's fantastic. So how do people connect with you, learn more about you? No CRM IO. Tell us a little bit about that. So yeah, for reaching out to me, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to connect and discuss. And then about no CRM, no CRM.io or you don't need a CRM.com. So that's a lead management solution. It's made for salespeople. So I'm sure a lot of salespeople are listening to it and uh, you'll find quick videos and lots of resources so you're able to to start your account a free account and you you'll be also discussing with our amazing team anywhere in the world so uh let's go have a, have a look fantastic we're going to put all that in the show notes we're going to put links to nocrm.io and you know links to your uh, linkedin profile nicholas really enjoyed having the conversation today thanks for coming on yeah, my pleasure. It was very, uh, very nice. Have a good day now. <laughs> I know it's early for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sales Samurai Podcast with your host, Sam Capra. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast and visit salessamurai.io and join the conversation, access show notes, and discover bonus content.